Welcome to the Little Man Big Mouth Podcast with me, Jonah. I'm a kid who loves sports. I can talk about sports every day, all day. Think you can handle that? Then stick around for today's show. My guest today is Scott Mobile, our one and only baseball analyst. But first, let's jump into some news. In the college softball World Series, Oklahoma destroyed Texas in game one. Oklahoma hit six bombs, beating them 16-1. to In other news, the NFL has big deals and big signings. The Rams put all the money in as Cooper C- Cup got a three-year, $75 million guaranteed deal. And Aaron Donald got a $60 million deal. The Rams are going big or going home. Hopefully, these two payments pay off for these Rams because they are trying to go back to back. I think they can with Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, and Aaron Donald. The NBA Finals and the NHL Playoffs are already over. The Avalanche the team to lift the Stanley Cup. And the Golden State Warriors outlasted the Boston Celtics. Now, strange news alert. A serial shoplifter nicknamed Steven the Seagull in Toscano's Most Wanted After Stealing $300 worth of chips. After working out how automatic doors work, the cunning bird waits for the doors to open, then rummages inside the store for a brand new packet of chips. In his latest efforts, Stephen has been caught on camera stealing a bag of mini cheese chips and is then seen making a run for it out the store. As the staff tried to stop Stephen, it was too late as he scurried off down the street leaving the staff once again helpless. Look, it's a plane. No, Superman. No, it's Steven with another bag of chips. Well, that does it, folks, for our news. Now it's time for Unscripted. Gabriel and I dish in fuego. Hot takes left and right. Our first topic is... Spring college sports are now over. If the Women's College World Series of Softball and the Men's College World Series of Baseball are both on, which one are you watching? I would choose Women's Softball because it is shorter, less boring, and there are more home runs and more action because of the shorter field. I've got to agree with you here. It is a shorter game, and the excitement from all the big hitters on the short field just is way better than a nine-inning baseball game. The next topic is... The Rams just signed Aaron Donald to the largest non-quarterback contract ever. Good value or bad investment? I believe this is an amazing deal, as Aaron Donald is making the money he deserves while he is still, might not be in his prime, is still one of the best players and most field defense players in the NFL. And I believe the Rams will get an incredible value for this contract. I think 
This is a great deal. The Rams are so lucky to even have Aaron Donald on their team still. Third topic is shot for your life. Which past or present NBA great would you pick to make a single shot to save you? I will pick Larry the Legend. Larry Bird is one of the most clutch players in the NBA ever. I would take his post fade any day. I've got to disagree with you here. The person who I'm entrusting my life in is Robert Hoy, also known as Big Shot Bob. He has made some of the most clutch plays in the playoff and the finals. I would not trust my life in anyone else's shot. What name did you pull out of the hat? Because, yes, I know it's Big Shot Bob, but there are so many other players. Doesn't matter. Robert Hurry is the best clutch shooter ever to walk foot on the hardwood. I think that's excessive, but okay. And the next topic is... Cool Ranch or regular Doritos? Well, obviously, the regular Dorito is the right choice here. Who puts Cool Ranch on a Dorito? That's just disgusting. I've got to disagree with you here. Cool Ranch is obviously the more superior Dorito, as it is more flavorful and is just better altogether. That is one... You do not interrupt me in the middle of a word. And two, dude, Cool Ranch sucks. It's one of the lowest of flavors in Dorito what? world. That, no, that is totally wrong. Do, the original Dorito is not the worst flavor, but Cool Ranch is obviously better. Cool Ranch is ten times better. Original always beats the newest version. Always beats newer ones. The original rocks everybody's socks off. I still gotta disagree with you, but agree to disagree. And that does it, folks. We're unscripted. Now on to mine and Jonah's interview with Scott Mobile. Hi, Scott. Welcome back to the show. How are you oh, doing? Oh, yeah. Doing great. The baseball season is nearing the halfway point. We got some good baseball, and we have some uh, some Giants doing their doing their job. I'm talking about the Giants as in New York baseball. They are doing pretty well, and uh, you know everyone has high expectations for New York, New York baseball. So we're seeing them finally uh, both come forth. Well, let's get your take on where things stand. So New York appears to be the heart of baseball. Your Mets have overcome more injuries than most and are still playing well. What's the secret? Well, I think uh, everyone wants to just say it's money. They got a lot of money in their ownership uh, (laughs) this time around. And, uh, uh, you know, I think there's just a new life that's been put into the Mets. And um, the expectation's always there every year for them. But I feel like they got the players must have some sort of sense of uh, comfortability when it comes to being supported by their front office. So that plays a big role. All right. So let's go from Mets to Yankees. The New York Yankees are on fire. Will they keep up this pace and what could bring them down? Well, you know, they are doing well. Aaron Judge, I believe he's the home run leader. 
Um, he's he's playing well, and their pitching is 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 going well. Also, I think what could bring him down is injuries to uh, some frontline guys like Judge or Garrett Cole. And maybe what can keep them going is they do a blockbuster trade and maybe get in some other big talent and um, and keep the ball rolling all the way through into the uh, playoffs. So who would that trade be? Like, because you just said a blockbuster trade. What would be so blockbuster that the Yankees would not? I think the Yankees. I think the Yankees are famous for if they do have injuries, they're uh, they have a lot of talent in their minor league system and know how to go out and get a top-notch pitcher, you know, something of that caliber, maybe uh, a big bat in their lineup that drives in a lot of runs. So you never know what the Yankees are capable of. Yeah. That's also what scares me because I'm a Red Sox fan, so I don't really like the Yankees, so it's kind of scary seeing Uh, a big run. Yeah. I believe your, your Red Sox aren't playing bad baseball. I mean, Yankees are just so good. And the Orioles, Orioles will always be last. You guys are all right. Yeah, but, I mean, it's just overcoming the Blue Jays and Rays, so. Yeah. Well, speaking of pitches, uh, Shohan Otani, I always thought he would be dominant, but he's not really hitting well. What's going on? You know, I think he had, you know, last year he had, there was a lot of hype around him, and um, he started the year off great, and, you know, technology these days is, is crazy. Um, I've heard it from the college level, and I can only imagine if it's there at the college level that Major League Baseball has taken on ways to um, overcome guys who have really nasty stuff and pitchability. So finding out pitch sequences and probability of, of what he's going to throw in certain counts might be a factor. Um you know, maybe he's tipping pitches. I, I just don't know. But, yeah, he's definitely um, not having that, that spark like he had last year. Yeah. Oh, you were talking about new technology. The pitch clock just kind of came out of the minor leagues. Uh, what do you think of it? I think in this day and age of baseball, and I say this, I mean, you're a true young fan. I mean, you've, you've been, been groomed well uh, to understand the game of baseball. But I think new age fans, they want quick, they want exciting, they want long ball, they want 100 miles per hour, and they don't want to sit in the stands and waste uh, five and a half hours doing it. Yeah. So I think, uh, I think MLB is just having a tough time trying to figure out where, that, where they kind of can fall in place and cut some time without touching the true um, beauty of the game of baseball. So it's, it's a torn one for me. I, I think – I think there's a sense of urgency and you should, you should want to not have to drag out a, a mm-hmm. pitcher or batter, but um, there should be some sort of uh, limit. Um, but I don't know if it should be controlled by a big clock in the background though. So this season, it's almost at the halfway point. What players stand out so far? Who's really like surprising you? You know, who's uh, doing really well. And I, I, I think he's, I believe he's a rookie. Could even get rookie of the year. Maybe Cy Young is uh, the guy out of the Padres, um, Joe Musgrove. I think he's one of the top leaders in ERA, pitching really great. Just exciting guy to watch. I I like him a lot. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know who I, just is blowing my mind is is Mookie Betts. I mean, that guy's playing out of his out of his caliber and he's up there with Aaron Judge and the home run leaderboard which is crazy because the statures are completely opposite so 
I think those are a couple guys that that are kind of standing out to me this season. uh, So I picked a pitcher and a position player. Well, I mean, Mookie Betts is always on his point. Like, he's just – he's that player that you always can count on. He is. He's a solid solid guy, and I've heard he's a solid, solid teammate. Which player had the most, like, memorable batting stance? Because you talked about um, special hitters. Oh, man. Every time I get asked this question, the first name – and it's not current right now, but I'll just tell you, every time I hear this question, what pops in my head is Chuck Knobloch. I don't know if you ever got to see a Chuck Knobloch hitting stance. Oh, it's just, he was so, he was small and he just, he had the most cringed up, contorted body batting stance that you can ever, it just, I don't know why his his batting stance always stuck with me. So I'm actually eager to see that. So let's go from players to coaches. Uh, The Angels let go of Joe Madden and the Phillies dropped uh, Joe Girardi. Uh, how much does a role does a role of a coach play in a team success? Um, this is actually something I was just having a conversation the other day. Um, I believe there was an error in the Gi- the Giants manager. Something happened where he thought he had a player on the roster and he didn't and made a bad move or so- something happened. And um, a friend and I were talking about how much the technology and numbers has taken control of who plays against certain teams and how the lineup's set. Mm-hmm. And um, which kind of takes away from a, a manager's gut feeling, right? If you're, if you're an athlete and you make a game time decision or you make an in the moment decision, um, it comes from your gut and it comes from your feelings. Um, so I, I feel like that element has been taken away from MLB baseball and they're not looking to the manager to have a feel for his team. Um, it's just typed in a computer and probabilities and, and percentage wise. So um, I think managers these, this day and age are more so there for aids uh, when it comes to emotions and keeping their players um, just emotionally in check. Um, but I think when it comes to playing and who's going to go in and pitch against who it's, it's a numbers game, you know, oh. big time. More than more than it has been. Do you so, like that? That's or my do you, take. Do you like that, or do you like want the manager's gut feeling? I'm I'm torn on it because numbers are numbers, right? Not everyone says numbers don't lie, but um, you don't know what can happen that night, and the manager knows if his you know his reliever has been having a rough, you know, rough go at it. Maybe they've been having personal conversations on the, you know, off the field or during BP or, or whatever it may be. Um, so I think a manager's decision is, is the best decision, to be honest. And they should know their team better than a computer system. That's my take. Speaking of managers, uh, past or present, who would you play for? Oh, man. Well, I would have to say... Mark, Mike Hargrove was like my big-time Indians. You know, I looked up to him when I was a kid watching the Indians. And uh, we even got to know him on a personal level. My brother Greg got to play with him in, like, summer ball. So just a, I just always remember as a kid growing up, he was someone who influenced me in baseball. So I'd, I'd have to pick him. The throwback, you know, throwback Indians manager back in our heyday in the 90s. <laughs> so – of course, we had to check up on your Guardians. Uh, how was the first year under the new name? 
Well, you know, this is a torn one for me um, because I don't, I didn't, I wasn't a fan of the name change. I thought it forever should be Chief Wahoo. Um, <laughs> but my brother Paul actually got a job with MLB and got stationed with um, the Guardians, so he got to move back home, and he is their private security. He gets to sit in first class next to. <laughs> Sandy Elmar Jr. and with all the coaching staff and uh, he he used to be in the Secret Service so he got a job with them and he's their private team and staff only security so That's he gets cool. to tra- travel around and be with the Guardians everywhere they go and go to every major league park that they play in so I have like a different feel now like now I'm more interested in how the Guardians are doing and I thought this year <laughs> I'd be like ah who cares yeah so I have a personal interest now. Would you think they're going to be over 500? Because right now they are at, I think, exactly 500. Yeah, the Guardians are behind the Twins. You know, they started out hot, and um, Jose Ramirez signing was a big, big, big deal um, for them and that team. And I, I think I think they stay around 500. Um, I think their probabilities, I think it's like around 30% to be in the, in the postseason. But I think we have a mediocre year, uh, just as Cleveland sports are used to doing. And <laughs> we go from there. So, Well, I know that athletes are really competitive. Uh, it was shocking to see Tommy Pham slap Jock Peterson. What was your reaction? <laughs> Well, I'm I'm not crazy into fantasy football. I I play here and there. Um, are you are you big into fantasy football? Uh, yeah, I kind of am. Uh, I've been in my league <laughs> well, I, for maybe if seven I, correct years. Me if, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe there was some sort of argument about fantasy football and was, how Doc Peterson had a cheating scandal, basically. Oh, yeah, so. You can only imagine, you know, I play in a league where you put like, you know, a hundred bucks to maybe win like 400 bucks. Yeah. I mean, these guys probably had big money in there and uh, he, you know, the cheating scandal must've took him out of pocket and he wasn't happy about it. No, so, I wouldn't either. Hey, if someone, if someone took my money and they were cheating, I knew it. I'd probably be upset too. So I don't yeah. know if I'd go with violence, but you know, well, maybe I would have showed it on the field. Well, like you said earlier, people really don't really like watching like the five hour, five and a half hour games. Well, baseball is kind of looking to spice it up. How do you like the Savannah Banana style play? They're another personal one for me because I play my first full season. I played at Grayson Stadium where the Savannah Bananas are, and we were the Savannah Sand Nats. Oh, and that stadium was so. It, I mean, it was historic, um, but it was so like run down. And I mean, we barely got any fans in there. The only time the fans came were when it was dollar hot dog and beer night and fireworks. So what they've done just for in Savannah alone is really cool. Um, and I think for the game at first, I was like, what is going on? These guys are dancing. It almost felt like a, a mockery of the game. Yeah, but I it's fun and um, people are talking about oh this needs to do, be the new baseball. You can't do that. No, there's a reason there's the NBA and there's the Harlem Globe Trotters. Yeah. But I think it's good for baseball. It's just another um, it's just another 
way to kind of get people's interest and young kids into baseball and, and keep the game of baseball alive. So I, I like it and I support it. Uh, Gabriel, well, actually, you have two questions. Let's hear it, Gabriel. So for the first one is so as you were a pitcher, what do you think about the uh, teams taking pitcher, starting pitchers out earlier than they used to? Well, I think it goes back to uh, Joe's question of, you know, what can hurt a team, and that's that's it. It's injuries. And, you know, watching some of these guys going for complete games or no hitters, and it, it, you want it, it's there. But I think, I don't know, it's tough. The competitor in me says, if I'm pitching well, leave me in. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes the competitor in you can have blinders on and you don't see the big picture. So I think given that umbrella view, looking down at the big picture, which is it was what everyone's there to win the World Series and it's a long season. Um, so maybe there's a different approach being made and they're going to see the t- statistics on how healthy they can keep guys by taking them out earlier in games. So we'll see how that play, plays oh, out yeah. for them. So it's for the pitcher's better health, even though they still want to go throw a perfect game, a, a no-hitter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then my second question is, so as a hot dog is one of the most iconic baseball foods, is a hot, do you think a hot dog is a sandwich? I don't. Yes. I don't. I don't know what it is, yes. but I can't call it a sandwich. <laughs> Yes, you can't go. Thank ahead. you. Because <laughs> I consider it as a sandwich as it is meat between two pieces of bread. But I agree, but something in me just doesn't want to call it a sandwich. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Well, we have our predictions. Are you ready? All right, let's see what I got. I don't know how I did last year, but let's see how I do. Last year, Gabriel dominated the predictions. This time, it's a chance for Scott and Jonah to redeem themselves. All right, gentlemen, first up, who will win the divisions this year? I will go first. So starting in the AL East, I'm picking the Boston Red Sox. <laughs> and then I pick, Yeah, you would. Yeah. Then the Guardians, <laughs> and then the Angels, then in the NL, Mets, Brewers, and Giants. Wow, I like that you went for my guardians. I like that. Yeah. Uh, I'll go next. I got in the East, even though I've been saying they're playing great baseball, I just have something about the Rays coming up, working <laughs> no. some magic. In the Central, I got my guardians because I just got to go with them. It is what it is. They're, they're 500. I only think they're like four games back from first there. Yeah. Um, and then out West, I got the Angels. National League, I'm going to go with the Braves in the East. I should go with the Mets. I know their record shows it, but the Braves have been there, done that. Uh, Central, I got the Cardinals because my buddy Steve Matz is uh, pitching for them. I think he's injured now, but I got to go with Matzy. And um, out West, you got to go with the Dodgers, you know. Okay. Uh, No, no, no. So in the American East, I have the Toronto (laughs) Blue Jays. You can't doubt Vlad. Then in the Central, I have the Minnesota Twins. And then out West, I have the Texas Rangers. I just like them this year. They look way better than they have in the past. And then in the East, I agree with you, I have the Braves. In the Central Division, I have the Milwaukee Brewers. And then in the West, I have to take the San Francisco Giants. It was just no doubting them. Mm. 
be back to the playoffs. Well, here comes the next question. Who will win MVP from each league? Uh, I got to go with the big bat of Aaron Judge and Bryce Harper. Mm, I'm going to go – I think he's got the most runs batted in right now, and I've just been watching a lot more Guardians games, so I know I'm, I'm all stuck on them. But <laughs> Jose Ramirez, uh, and then I have – oh, man, this is a tough one. Uh, I think I'm going to have to go with someone on the uh, Braves, but I just can't think of his name right now. Oh, or, Acuna? Or I could just – yes, yes. Yeah. That's what I got. Acuna Jr. Yes. Oh. I think that's who I went with last year too. Yeah. But Okay. Nah. Who I have in the AO for MVP, I got to go with Byron Buxton. He's just the greatest Ooh. athlete ever to play baseball. And then in the NL, then in the National League, I have to go with Manny Machado. He's just carrying the Padres, and I believe he is going to be the MVP in the National League. Nice. The next question. Which pitcher is likely to win the Cy Young? Well, uh, you can go, Scott. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go with... Joe Musgrove, the guy from the Padres, you got to check him out. He's 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 awesome. I'm gonna go with Shoha Otani. He is, yes, he is struggling right now, but I mean, he it's such a long season. Those everyone has the ups and downs. He's gonna have a big up. I gotta disagree with both of you. I have Sandy Alcantara from the Miami Mullins. He has thrown 18 scoreless innings and only has a 1.61 ERA. He, and he's pitching so many innings. He's the greatest pitcher from the Miami Mullins. Okay, which team will play in the World Series this year, and who do you think will win? Uh, I got to say my first. Uh, I got Red Sox and Mets, and the boys from Boston are going to win two things. They're going to win the World Series and the Super Bowl. <laughs> wow. Such a true Bostonian. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the Rays, the Rays and the Braves, oh. and I think the Braves will take it again for a repeat. I I gotta doubt both of you guys. I have the Milwaukee Brewers and the Minnesota Twins, and Christian Yelich wow. and the Milwaukee Brewers are gonna win it all. <laughs> that is a bold prediction. Wow. I like it though. Yeah. All right. In case hey. of tiebreak, we're gonna have our first tiebreaker will be. Answer the question, will the Marlins be above 500 this season? No. No. Yes. 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 Right. <laughs> and for our second tiebreaker, will the Red Sox even make the playoffs? Yes. Well, Absolutely not. No, they will not be making the playoffs. <laughs> well, that no, they'll doesn't... just be lucky to finish above the Orioles in the East. <laughs> nah, nah, uh-uh. Boston all the way. Well, thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Scott, for uh, letting us talk to you and being a friend of the show. Absolutely. Absolutely. Always a pleasure. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Scott, for the amazing interview. Now, what would sports talk be without lists? Bupkis, here is my list of the day. Top five baseball fan bases. Number five, the Washington Nationals. 
It's our country's capital. That is America's baseball team. Number four, the Chicago Cubs. The Cubs have their ups and downs, but the fans never leave their side. If you're a Cubs fan, good luck. Number three, the Philadelphia Phillies. Even if your team is not doing good, this fan base goes to every game and fills it up. Number two, the L.A. Dodgers. It's L.A. So many famous people cheer for this team and go to games. And my number one baseball fan base is the Boston Red Sox. The Green Monster is the best seat in the house. And Sweet Caroline, those fans never miss a beat. The Red Sox fans are the best in the business. Go Sox! Well, that does it, folks, for the Little Man Big Mouth Podcast. Check out our next episode when it drops. Until then, see ya! Follow the show on Insta at Little Man Big Mouth Show and subscribe to future episodes on your favorite podcast providers. The Little Man Big Mouth Podcast is an exclusive creation of Hefeweizen Podcast Productions.